Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19. All new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Leave It on the Dance Floor. Today I have my friend, the one, the only, the most creative guy I know, Todrick Hall. Oh, stop, stop, stop. No, you are. You are. And we, we need to work together more. Thank you. Or we should have worked together more. Uh, you are in my top eight on MySpace, and I don't even have MySpace anymore. So anytime <laughs> you hit me up, I am more than willing to be there. I know. You just, you're the kind of person that can, you know, come up with 32 pair of spray-painted neon tennis shoes Absolutely. overnight. In, in a overnight. You, like, I, in a moment. I and just imagine account. if we had, like, a Walmart close to us. We could... The possibilities the, would be endless. Endless. Endless, you know, because if they don't have it, you don't need it. Uh, <laughs> so how did we meet? Now, well, I'm going to tell you how we met. So I get a random phone call. Oh, no. Which I don't even know how you got my number. It sounds on brand. Go on. (laughs) Random phone call. I'm going to be in Pittsburgh for six and a half hours. And I want to shoot a video with your kids. And I said, Todrick, I'm not there. I'm I'm not in town. I'm not there. Mm -hmm. That was it. Then... Call back. No, I'm going to be there. I have to do this. I, I have to do this. You have to let me in. We have to make this happen. <laughs> da, da, da. So then I start calling my faculty there and I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. And you actually were the lead star singer on a cruise ship with one of my former students. Yes. Yes. So that was the connection. Yes. How I knew you, not in the world of YouTube or the theatrical world, but how I knew you actually knew you and knew your name. Yeah. So that I was like, Oh God, all right, I got to let this kid in my studio and I'm not there. And I'm, and it was all that stuff about running a business, which is hard. You know, it's hard to be a businesswoman and try to produce all these stars at the same time. And when you know what's going on. So that was it. So I wasn't there. I remember being a super fan of the show and, um, I could not believe that my friend had danced for you all the time. And I remember when we were on the cruise ship, she would talk about working with you and stuff, but the show hadn't aired by then. So then when she was like, yeah, I know them. I'm like, you know, Maddie Ziegler, like you've met her. And she's like, she's in the room right now. Like I just could not fathom the fact that this, this like dance factory, like actually existed in real life and went down in the way that I saw it on television, which is why I think so many people fell in love with the show because they were real organic relationships and it, it was a, those kids had been with you since they could walk. Um, right. Right. Which makes it very difficult that those, all those relationships have been severed. So uh, just poorly 
and and badly and uh, hurtfully. Yes, because those kids were there, you know, and there were lots of other kids, as you have come to know, that yeah. were much more talented that were there. And sadly, you know, their parents were sweet and nice and paid their bills on time. So they didn't make good TV. Gotcha. And that was what was hard for me, because when the show started, I had a huge senior company. I think I had 27 kids in my senior company. And the kids that were going to graduate that year, five or six of them were, I mean, talk about freaks like me. They were, <laughs> they were freakishly talented. And uh, one is on Broadway right now in Funny Girl. Uh, the other ones are all dancing professionally, that whole group. And I needed to be with them, not with seven little kids in the other room who, you know, weren't that swift. Let's just put it out there. Well, I don't know how swift they were or not, but I was obsessed. <laughs> yes, with you them do, because you came in and worked with them, so you knew no, who picked but it up. Here's my honest opinion. Okay, but this is the real tea. I work with a lot of incredibly talented dancers with huge resumes, but I will say that I don't know that a person, a regular person that is just watching the show, understands that. To learn a routine every single week, it's just so uncommon. It is the furthest thing from the protocol that most kids their age would have to do. And I remember teaching those kids choreography for that. And there was another time they were potentially going to dance with me at the Kids' Choice Awards. Like, I would teach them these combinations. And, like, four years later, they'd still be able to do it without messing up at all. Like, they were computers. I've taught full adults that go to dance class and claim to be professional dancers and no shade, but they can't remember choreography or pick it up as fast as those kids did. So I'm sure wow. all of your kids were fabulous, but the fact that they became like human computers and there, there's nothing that they can't do choreographically because they were in like a dance boot camp for most well, of their childhood. Yes. I, they had to do it. It was, it was, you know. But why was that the choice of the show? And this is not my well, interview, but the, why was it that every week it'd be a different routine? Well, we, in the beginning, when we first started shooting, we were using old routines. And Mackenzie was too little. She wasn't in that group. Brooke was older in a different group. So those two would learn them. That's why we would just like throw Mackenzie. She'd just like flip across and then off the stage. Uh, but the other kids knew the routines. So we used them. I had... Uh, a YouTube video about season one, episode one, looking back, which is actually the third episode they shot, but I wasn't in the first two because I wasn't on the show originally. You so, weren't on the show originally. No, I was never to be on the show. Who was supposed to be in the show? Just the moms. It's called Dance Moms. Oh my God. That's wild to yes. even imagine. Yes. So that all happened very organically. I called the police on this mother and da da da. I came and they, that footage got back to the network and they were like, wait a minute, who is this person? And they're like, well, that's whose studio you're using for free. And uh, <laughs> unlike you, who rented my studio in L.A., my gorgeous, beautiful studio, and paid to rent and paid a rehearsal fee. And some Listen, people want to come in and out and not do that. But you, thankfully, were a great customer. I need to make sure that footage gets out because people it will. like to say I don't pay my bills. So I just would like for it to be documented, everyone. I paid for the rehearsal right. studio. You think Diana was letting you get out of there? Absolutely She'd have blocked not. your car in. <laughs> and Todrick, did you dance when you were younger? I did. I danced my whole life. I started dancing when I was eight. And you were kind of right. Whenever I was on the cruise ship um, with your former employee, I was a dancer student. too. She was a student. Yeah. Well, she was also employee, right? She, she was a student. Well, she was going employee. to med school. 
Um, but we, I was a dancer and a singer at the at the time. My whole goal was to get to Broadway, and that's the reason why I was so fascinated by what you did. Because unlike most dance studios, you were still like strongly pushing the kids to take voice lessons and to do acting and to do acro. Because it was all you, there. You know that it it that's what it takes to get on Broadway to really make it. You have right. to have more tricks in your and arsenal. And I was driving their ass back and forth to that. Broadway Listen, audition. I've heard the you stories. No, I know that. Not even from you telling me. I know that from the people that I know on Broadway that you that basically came from your studio. Yeah. Um. So I just I I really wanted to work with you, and I grew up in a studio that was very similar to your studio. Like my dance teacher was kind of like a football coach, low key. Like she would scare me shitless, but I would just be like. I know that I have the work ethic that I have because I went to that studio. And had I gone someplace else, even though it was really hard and some things that she said really hurt my feelings, and sometimes I'd be like, mm, I don't know if that's politically <laughs> acceptable. But, you know, at the time, like, we were living in a very different time. And I think that a lot of times people have a tendency to, like, make you pay in modern day, like, for consequences of things that socially were accept acceptable back in the day, you know? Like my, my teacher came to me one time and luckily it wasn't documented or filmed, but she said, this thing that I said to you about, I wish that you weren't, I hope that you don't grow up to be gay. Like I should have never said that to you because I was just closed-minded and ignorant at that time. And I had to forgive her because I knew that like, she didn't oh, know any better. Well, she, was, yeah. she was looking out for me at the time. I always said to my boys, you know, and I raised a lot of guys. I've had a lot of male dancers and the world doesn't know that, that my most successful, uh, maybe not financially, but as far as what I consider success with the resume, they, uh, you know, they were my voice. They were with me constantly. And I always said to them, you know, it doesn't matter who you sleep with. That's your business. But on stage, you're going to look like a guy. My dancers are men on stage. Now, uh, Lady Gaga has very androgynous dancers behind her. But J-Lo has men behind her, yeah. you know? And so when you're on stage and you are going to a Broadway audition, this is the image that you have to portray. Yeah. But I think it's now the those lines have become more fluid. That was what was relevant at that time. I think even now, as time goes on, even that might start to become problematic because I think it needs to be like, you, you, this is masculine choreography. Or yes. Stereotypically masculine. This is feminine. And some girls might need to learn how to dance masculine. And now if you want your male presenting dancers to work, you probably should teach them how to move femininely as well, well because they, they they do because they're in a class with girls yes. i mean that's just it <laughs> yeah. and i always say to them if i'm teaching choreography at a master class or you know an event and it's a beautiful lyrical with the girls singing i say to the guys in class hey i didn't know there were going to be guys here this is very feminine choreography but hey you're a dance teacher someday you're gonna have a whole class of 30 girls that you have to teach yeah and learn it i think that Abby, you always taught your kids to do literally everything. Everything. So now, you know, that, everything. that's even more. I mean, you can because... be kinky boots. And I think Wicked a lot, you know, kind of transformed your typical dancer's body, your your Broadway rockette look. I mean, Wicked did a lot to change that. And it's still changing, 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 you know? Yeah. And, and we all have a long way to go. But I just, I know in my heart what I did for all of those students. Absolutely. Everybody was the right thing. And people always say, how do you sleep? And I go, I'm like a baby. Because I know whatever I said to them, if it was hurtful, if it was nasty, if it was mean, if it was wonderful, kind, poetic, it got through. I needed to get through to that kid. 
And some way, somehow I did. Tough love still has the word love in it. Yes, true. You know? Yes. And speaking of Wicked, Todrick, you love The Wizard of Oz. I love everything. I've been to your home. I've seen yeah. the incredible masterpiece that you have created <laughs> in a bedroom. I Do you not sleep in there, do you? I don't, but I should start to to sleep in there some days just because so it's so beautiful. It's such a magical room. It's it's borderline creepy to some people. They might be like, I don't want to fall asleep with like a witch mannequin and a flying monkey mask looking at me. No, but, but the, the wicked fans would love it. And like, they're, and they're sick. real. Awesome. They're yeah. the real deal. You yeah. have the real costumes. I do, yeah. Yeah. And for those of you who are watching on Patreon, we'll flash some videos of that from when we got to visit you, Todrick. That room was awesome. Yes, yeah. Thank it was, you. It was really cool. But uh, the video in Pittsburgh, Freaks Like Me. All right. So you're on the phone with me. So then, okay, now I let you into my studio. Yeah, now you can go in the store and you can get whatever you want. Yeah, now you can waste time and take them out of class. Okay, yeah. <laughs> now you need other kids. Okay, now you want other kids. Okay, now you want to use Peyton. Oh, God. Okay, now, now you want to use the moms. And I was like, nope. That is not happening. They are not going to ruin this. But I was oh, but Abby, please. And I called and I said, please, Abby, come on. This will be a dream come true because I was such a fan of the parents just as much as I was the kids. And then and then I didn't stop there. Then I was like, and now I want to use you. So can I fly to wherever you are and put you in the video as well? Because people don't know you weren't even you weren't even there. So you're in the video. You but just told the whole world that I was never there. Well, you weren't at when we shot the video. No? I know. Yeah. We did it on location. Yep. And it's funny because those little kids, Jordan Jones is one of them. Yes. There's another little girl that's one of them. Yeah. And I was like, wait. And I just watched it back yesterday because you're coming on today. And I thought, oh my God, we know all these kids too. They ended up being on Abby's Ultimate Dance Competition. I know. It's so wild. It's so wild how small the world is and how successful all those kids have become mm. as well. Crazy. And we saw the video has 15 million views. As wow. Of today. Which 15 million. Crazy. That's insane. And I'm using that ALDC commercial thing. I want to use that because it's great. It's you fabulous. You I know. Should. You should be using that all the time. I was just really happy that you recognized that a lot of people at that time didn't recognize like social media influencers. This was before it was like a thing to be like letting social media influencers come in. I mean, I had Broadway credits and I know that you knew that as well. Yes. But really what I was known for was being on social media. And I think it was so important if, as a dance teacher or a studio owner to be like at the forefront of what is the new trend and to well, be like, this is social media, it's YouTube. You and Instagram get just was happening as those kids were growing up. And that's why they had so many followers. That's mm. why the craze went nuts. You know, That's why we'd land in an airport in another country and there were... 250 people in the airport waiting for us to arrive. And we're like, what, what, how did they even get into the airport? What is this? You know, this is nuts here. It was like the Beatles, you know, it was crazy. Yeah. And I, uh, I, my heart aches that some of my original kids in my original choreography, like when I did Helen Keller for the first time, or when I did the Diary of Anne Frank for the first time, and all those numbers that I don't have that footage from those original numbers on Instagram, on YouTube for the world to see. But people will be able to watch them on Patreon. Yes, now but now yeah. that's going to happen because I have all those old recital DVDs Ooh. and we're going to get that all on Patreon so people can see the original kid that I created Helen Keller for. Not just that. Maddie doing it later, yeah. you know, because all those big good numbers that won, I had done them before. And that's what I had to fight with the network about is to let me do these numbers and not these stupid 
idiotic things that you guys come up with. <laughs> and like you said about the kids learning a new number every week, it fell into their laps. They did it. They became stars. I just want to see a little more gratefulness, a little bit more. Wow. What happened to me was something very special. I don't want to do it again, but it made me who I am today. You know, and it, it was a collective. It was a group. I didn't make them. I made them the dancers that they are, but they had a lot of teachers at my studio that were wonderful that I had hired. Uh, and it was a, an ensemble cast. We all made it happen together. So why it was so toxic and so this and so that, I don't get it. I mean, I ended up going to prison for the way I was depicted on that show. We all know that. Yeah. So if anyone should say, oh, it was toxic, I can't remember it, it should be me. And I don't look at it that way. I look at it and when I watch things back, I'm like, where did I get that shirt? I don't even remember having that outfit. <laughs> or, oh, my hair looks good there. Oh, oh God, I look like a drag queen. You know, that's what I, I see when I see the show. I don't hate it. Yeah. I think that you you the show was on television at a time where it was the wild, wild west and people were doing things and saying things that right now would probably not be politically correct. And it's really easy to get a... a um a show reel of the negative things that happened, like the crazy things. I've seen these videos go viral on TikTok, like, wow, how crazy was Dance Moms? But there's never a, in life just a compilation of like the positive moments where people are cheering and when people are happy. I think that sometimes people have a tendency to want to look at a situation as all black or all white, as all good or all bad. And mm -hmm. most of the time things lie somewhere in the middle. And I have a lot of faith. I know I saw that you and Jill were on a, um, a FaceTime live. Yes. And um, I love all of the girls. Like I, I still keep, you know, I follow them, almost all of them. I think I follow all of them. And um, I, I have faith that over time they will realize that that was a chapter in their life that was it was crazy and it was wild and there was a huge demand on a bunch of young kids at a time a, a more demand than they would have had without the show like for them to live their lives for them to feel embarrassed on television for them to grow up on television for them to have to compete every single week and be terrified I would have been terrified for a wig a hairpiece a bow a hat to fall off when it would fall off like the audience was we were trained to know like when something would happen it wasn't just that it fell off or that the music was like you know yeah, like whatever uh -huh. but i would be like he's gonna kill them like yeah. it was very like you were a real life miss hannigan in some ways but in other moments you were very 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 loving to them and you could tell that they really loved you and had a love for you appreciated you and respected you in that moment and well, I'm I glad you saw that that's good I and you were there and you worked the in that atmosphere so you know what it was like plus you know, I'm trying to compete and it was my name out there. Yeah. So I wanted them to put their best foot forward. And that's a thing that was like an ongoing when I when I do those look backs and I watch, I'm like, do the mothers not realize if they would just shut up <laughs> that I would have more time to do this number? And but I'm trying to make was, their kid look good. It was mutually beneficial. If they had not, if they had oh, just no. shut up, you wouldn't have had a show to right. film. Like they needed to not shut up. The kids needed to be like to deliver. And when the kids delivered, boy, was it like Wasn't a huge it? payoff. I, we would be sitting at our houses and like screaming and jumping. And I just really? would, oh my gosh, I would lose my mind. It was like, 
the closest thing. RuPaul's Drag Race wasn't a thing because I basically consider that like gay football, like the Super okay. Bowl, you know. But this before that, Dance Moms was my best friend Sheena and I's oh. like show that we would like go and watch, and we'd be cheering for Maddie and Chloe. And when Nia would have a win, we'd be so excited and uh -huh. watching little Mackenzie grow up. And the overwhelming feeling was more joy and joyous and triumphant when they would get things because you'd be so proud of them. You'd watch them struggle to get their round off back handspring back tuck, and then you see them landed for the first time you'd see their parents eyes light up but the drama was so juicy and i think sometimes in life that's what people remember and i i hate that that's the case because i think anybody who watched the show truly watched the show knew how much you cared about them the how much you care just like you cared about broadway baby like the amount of time and mm -hmm. effort and energy that you put you didn't have a life outside of that studio you devoted your whole life to training all these kids and you were so proud of all the kids that you got them to Broadway and I think that that was like what I took away from the show and from being there in the room that that was what you know you were that was your main focus you wanted everybody to be good you wanted to win well, I would you. not have wanted to lose to Kathy thank you thank you <laughs> but I do understand also where they're coming from and they're still very very young and I understand them feeling like they need to take a break and social media will probably support them in that but all right Todd I was 14 when I started working you were yeah I started my company at 14 there you go. So, but, but when you were 14, it was a different hustle that people had. People weren't it, expecting to become famous off of TikTok because they no, can. No, no, it wasn't. It was it was the real grind. And it yeah. took me a long time to be uh, respected. Well, I don't even know if I am anymore, like even today, in the dance community in Pittsburgh and on the East Coast. And to show up at a competition and, you know, win. It. it it took years and years and years of me trying to get better and better and stronger and create better dancers, you know, so it wasn't, it didn't all happen easy. You but know? there was, there was drama without mama drama already. Oh, there right? was, I could you have know? done the show. I'm telling you what, and people don't understand this. I could have done the show 20 years before I did it. And every five years, five years, there would have been a new cast. And I think back of things that happen. And like when a kid hit 14, they should have been out. And a new kid in and it would have revolved rather than, Ooh, someone's leaving. You always knew you were leaving like your graduates, your senior graduates. Yeah. They either leave on good terms and you're invited to the graduation party and the, and the engagement party and the wedding and all that jazz, or they leave on bad terms. They're still leaving. They're yeah. leaving. And you're raising new younger ones that are coming up and filling those spots. It's a revolving door at a dance studio. It's always new in and old out. And uh, yeah, things like that would have made, life a little easier but i had some mama's man way before those mamas that would have put them to shame but even I putting the moms imagine. aside you know you think about just like you said todrick when things fall out of your hair you know like crazy on stage moments that would make great tv anyway the wrong music now you're in pittsburgh okay you show up yeah you walk into the studio what happens how did that feel? I'm literally fangirling as if I'm meeting like Blue Ivy. That's how it feels. Oh, like God. I think that's the closest thing that you can imagine to like meeting. Speaking of Blue Ivy, she does not take it the ARDC LA. Just saying. Go ahead. Just put and that she's out there. dancing on Beyonce's tour every single night. So we, you know, we. Uh, I don't know where she was taken, but her grandmother, Beyonce's mom, does like some dance singing lessons thing somewhere. I'm not sure. She does. Tina Lawson? Yes, Tina. Miss Tina Lawson. Miss she Tina. loves for you to say miss. Yeah, and, um, I, and I'm sure she has some choice words for people too. <laughs> 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, yeah, so I, I was just losing my mind. It, I was really excited because I just felt like I knew all of them. And to be able to coach them through going to the studio, we they all went to the studio with me. In and, Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh, yeah. It's crazy. And we all got to record the music. Um and yeah, it was just. So you were there for more than six hours. Oh, wait, 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 wait. That's not the, the. That's not the truth. I think maybe they flew to LA at some point, and then we recorded them. We shot the video without the music being recorded. I think they just lip. I think so too. I think and they lip synced to a, a, my ex assistant Carly Craig's voice, and then they came to the studio in LA after they had already filmed the video, and we all went to the studio and recorded. Okay, so when you were in Pittsburgh. You had to rent this library or some big... Was a big, whole school. I had to a, rent a, a school, school, like an elementary and, and school. And I'm like, Todrick, how are you going to rent an elementary school? Todrick, you just can't do this in Pittsburgh. It has to go before the board of directors. They have a meeting once a month. You're not going to get in. You're not going to... He did it. That's Todrick Hall. <laughs> he just comes in like, woo, the tornado. And you made it all happen. I was... Because that's when I finally just gave up on the phone with you. And I'm like, yeah, go ahead. Just go ahead. Do whatever you want. Because I thought he is never, ever going to make this happen we made prove me wrong persistence prove I'm the me most wrong persistent person in the world you know that yes and i just it, it was now not i an do option. it was not an option for me not to make it happen in fact i was like i'm just gonna book a flight there to pr- i wasn't even gonna be in pittsburgh why was i gonna be in pittsburgh i thought you were I on just, tour or something no i was just i flew there just to go meet the girls but i was like she's never gonna move She's never going to make this happen. So I got to just tell her I'm there. So I just. You, you lied. I lied. Okay. Yeah, because I it, it needed to happen. Yeah, I thought you were there for some reason and then you. Okay. So it happened. Yeah, I was on the East Coast, not in LA. I was okay, on the East okay. Coast. I was like in New York. And so I was like, this is the time that yeah, I yeah, have yeah. to be there. Yeah. Okay. It happened. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Thank you. It was fun. Absolutely amazing. Uh, you know, even the moms are cute. Jill looks like she might be doing another don't do, movie. Don't do Jill. Don't do when this. She, don't when do she's this. Jill the, was fabulous. No, but as the principal. Yeah. And she's with the glasses mm-hmm. or the secretary. I don't know what part she's playing, but uh, it looks like it's going to go a different direction for a moment. Look back at it again. Watch not, it again. Not Jill starting in OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah. Dance mom Jill. That's Lucy. exactly what it looks like. It's like, this might be a little boring. Yeah. I'm screaming. Okay. So then, uh, okay. So now... <laughs> Jump ahead. We love you, Joe. Todrick is a superstar. We love you, Joe. Joe. Todrick is a superstar. He is here, there, everywhere. We're back in LA, and I need a commercial for my studio. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. And now you come in, and you're going to be on the episode. Yes. And you do round off back tuck with a baseball hat, which does not fall off. Period. There you go. Mm -hmm. Because you had the right teacher. She taught you well. She did. And you have something wrapped around your waist, a shirt, and all this. But it all stayed on. All this stuff on. You come in. You want to be on the pyramid. And I said, as long as you don't have your mother call me. (laughs) There you go. That was it. Yeah. So that was your entrance. The kids were so thrilled to see you again. And you went and hit every room in my dance studio. And we planned it out. I'm directing. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to figure the camera angles out. 
Yeah. Because I'm trying to figure out, are you shooting this kid over here or are you shooting this kid? And the timing of how this all happens. And that's the scene where you're just like. So, Todrick, when did you get the call that you were going to be on an actual episode of Dance Moms basically the entire time for the routine? Did you have the song already? Did you bring it to Abby? Did she come to you? Did you get a call from production? Like, how did that happen? I feel like I got a call from production that said that we would want to do like an, an episode um, that we wanted to do a commercial. Or maybe you called and said, I want to do a commercial. But then they I want... wanted to do a commercial. And then they they found it. out. Yeah. And so they're going to use you because they're good at that. Using people. Uh -huh. I didn't feel used. I was grateful to be on the show. But I was but I was like, oh, my gosh. You were not paid a, 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 an episodic rate, I'm sure. No, I was not. Uh -huh. But I didn't care about that. Like they told, I knew up front that I was going to make whatever right. I was going to make, which I think was maybe nothing. And exposure uh, for the song. And exposure for the song. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't really my song. It was, no, it was our song. It was your song. It's so. my song. You're welcome. Okay, yeah. And then you still charge okay. me to rent your studio yeah, space. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> You got a discount. You got a discount. I did got a okay. discount. All right. I'm so kidding. now, um, so no, but but I was just really, I was like, oh my gosh. So now we're shooting this video, but on camera, and that's a lot more difficult than people understand, as you obviously know, because getting a dance routine ready or shooting a music video is really time consuming and you need every single second of the day but when they're stopping to mic people and move their lights while we're moving our lights to shoot the video it was just really hard and then with the moms and with you directing i had stuff. to start screaming because let's i hate to be crass as a, as a woman but shit does not get done unless <laughs> i get it done that was the issue yeah right because they want to like stop and have a conversation and they want producers running in say this say that you know, they interrupt everything. But this commercial was what was what, the reason why we were there. So exactly. if we don't get the commercial, then we, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We have to get this done. And you, nobody is paying attention to that. They're all yeah. about the drama, the drama, the drama. And I'm like, stop. And there's also so many factors. Like the kids can only be there a certain amount of hours. The union can only be there a certain amount of hours. The kids are only going to be in this makeup once. They're all getting into all these costumes. But and they, they had two trios. You were doing two other trios that week that you had to teach them. And yes. the routine that they were competing with as the group that was also was their which, boss Which themed. I threw on the back burner because I could have cared less about their other group number. Let's face it. I had to get the commercial done. We were going to use the choreo from the commercial, throw it into the group dance, add another minute on and we're done. What's the big deal? <laughs> I guess that was intentional. If we really think about it, they knew you had no time. They wanted yeah. it to be good. They wanted it to be good TV, right? That's yeah. I guess and that's what being it was. under the gun and the time and the costumes and the makeup, it all lends to the drama because yeah, it's all real. Yeah, and then we went out to the street and it took the drama up to a, another stratosphere. <laughs> Cranked it. Up. One of yes. the most iconic moments in television history, seeing that, Abby Lee Miller. That was really one of the most iconic things that's ever but happened. But I feel like you joined me in the street, and we I don't would, see that on the show. I was down to join you in the street, but then I realized we were fully going rogue on television, and there was like seven kids behind us, and I was like, okay. All we needed was the heel back, leap heel back. <laughs> we just needed the off to see the wizard step down the middle of Santa Monica Boulevard. Right, but it was like, were we really were wusses. we willing to they were risk wusses. the life? Yes, <laughs> they all had insurance. Come on, ridiculous. <laughs> so it's but I feel like you were out there, and maybe one or two of the kids ran out with us right away. Oh, they were down. Then they, they ran back. But I remember Jess being oh. like, "Jojo, no, Jojo, 
back on the on the curb. I know. And then the soundbite of her, Abby has absolutely lost her mind. Yeah, and I I didn't. I was just. If anything, have you, you ever made directed it work. traffic before in your life? No, but I could if I had to. But directing the kids in the video probably yes, feels like directing I, I, traffic. Yes. Oh, every day I was directing traffic. Yeah, it's, it was trying to get the camera guys not to be in the way of the tricks. But Abby, what do you say? You always want a guy that'll stop traffic. That's my line when they. What do you see in a man? What do you look for in a man? I go. I want a guy that can stop traffic. Mm-hmm. I almost was in the street and stopped traffic for you. Maybe I know. There's a missed I know. Opportunity I, know. I know. We 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 did have a man in common too back in the day, but we we're we not going to talk about that. We're not going to talk about that. Ah! I'm screaming. I always get emails and direct messages online from kids and parents asking if I can record a short video, wishing someone a happy birthday, a milestone congratulations on a special achievement, or even just my advice before performing at a competition. With Cameo, my followers, the ALDC elites, have the chance to connect with me directly. Looking to have Abby Lee's last word as you enter an exciting moment of your life? Maybe put you, your friend, or a special someone at the top of the pyramid? Or do you want them at the very bottom? Anything is possible on Cameo. Connect with me from anywhere on the globe at cameo.com backslash the real Abby Lee. That's cameo.com backslash the real Abby Lee. The sky's the limit on Cameo. Before that, uh, Todrick and Abby, you you guys worked with Nia on some lyrics, which was nice. Nia said that was the first time she ever sang in front of you, which was interesting. Did you even think that? I mean, that that's I, the I think she was wrong. I know. I mean, she she had to. You have that, kids singing every audition. You yeah. Ever do. Yes. So, so I don't know where she came up with that. Maybe. Maybe since she was taking voice lessons, I don't know. Yeah, she sounded great, though. Yes. And then, Tajik, you asked her if she was nervous, and then she said that she hadn't sang in front of Abby. And then you said, you you know, you think she should, because she sounded awesome, right? Right. Yeah. Nia had a great voice and great work ethic as well. Yes, so she I was, did. I was really happy that she was getting that moment. I I was always, like, rooting for her as the one black girl on the show to, like, get more opportunities. But I, I wanted her to have earned it like all the other kids did. And I think... You know, when she got moments, they were moments that she earned, you know, mm-hmm. and, I, and I always felt like she deserved the moments that she got. So my uh, favorite number that she did was that. Uh, was it murder? She How wrote. to get away with murder. how to get away with murder. I love that number. I liked working with her on that. Yeah. Yeah. And I always I mean, I always enjoyed working with Nia. She was the little kid in class that was in the front in the middle, like, watch me, watch me, watch me and didn't know what foot she was on. But she was like. All out. You know what I mean? Like loving every moment of being there. That's so funny. Yeah. I was on a cruise ship at the beginning of the year and I texted Holly and said, I'm watching all the episodes. Oh, Holly was just to me like Michelle Obama reincarnated. I she just is. That's. Like, I mean, I think that's why she was cast. She is just everything. It took a lot for Nia to get her to come to even interview for the show. She wanted nothing to do with it. And Nia's grandfather, lovely man, used to bring her to class every day. Or whatever day she came, you know, Tuesday, yeah. Thursday, whatever. He brought her and he would help her change her shoes and take her coat off and everything. And he was older then. And uh, we didn't see Holly. 
She was no problem with money or anything like that. She would stop in some random day that Nia wasn't even in class and pay her bill. Like she was fine. She, we just did not see her because she worked in the city at a school, at a private school. And by the time she would even get to the studio, it was six o'clock at night. So and Nia was there at 415. So we just didn't, I didn't have a lot of interaction with her yeah. prior to her coming on the show. And then, you know, that whole thing, we couldn't start till after school because none of the kids were homeschooled. It was just a nightmare. But we did see Holly in the Freaks Like Me video. Yes, we did. She was slaying. She was slaying. Holly is a queen to me. She was slaying. She's just everything. She danced as a kid. I didn't know that. She danced for Vicky Shear. I have to just say this about Holly. She was just such a doll to me and there has not been a Christmas or a birthday I don't think that has gone by since I was on your show that she hasn't sent me like sweet messages and love that is like specifically catered to me it's not a like a copy paste thing she just sends me love a few times a year every single year without fail and I don't know I just I just love how down to earth and how humble she's remained throughout this whole thing I just I just love her and I can't speak highly enough of what a great human being I think that she is. So Holly had an interesting comment as you were leaving because you you and Melissa decided to go and get costumes for the kids because you drive all over town, all over yes. down the West Coast to get yes. costumes, saying how, why do you even bother? Oh, because you live there. So you you actually lived at the studio? Is, is that? Because I know you lived in Santa Monica as well, right? But you, no, you had I lived a room on, set up. I lived on Ocean Ave in Idaho, and then I lived on Ocean Ave in California. Okay. So I don't know. You had a bed there, so maybe maybe she was just trying to be sassy. But anyway, know. so then the moms kind of have their own little scene because you know they start, decided to kind of crap on Kira for leaving Kalani with uh, Melissa for. All I those forgot months. about that. Yeah, I completely forgot that Kira had a baby and Melissa had to take over ownership, yeah. parenthood of Kalani it was for like three a whole months. Thing. Like, I didn't even remember that. Yeah. So that was like a whole different thing that Todrick, you were not there to see. I, I, I'm sure you would have in loved episode, to have seen that though. Right? I, I did not know that. There was oh, yeah. things thrown and right. Yeah. So, but anyway, then we get actually to shooting the commercial. We talked a little bit about it, but let's talk about what each of the kids were. Nia was the lion. Jojo was the tin girl. Bryn was the scarecrow. Kalani was the good witch. Maddie was the wizard, but in the competition ended up being Dorothy because Todrick, you were Dorothy. Yes. Know, obviously. So I Maddie was passed, the swing. I passed on my ruby slippers. Maddie, Maddie was the understudy. <laughs> and funny. Kendall was the wicked witch. Kendi, uh, Kenzie was uh, Toto. So that's when she you... got round off um, half twist tuck that was on the, on the tumble track. Oh, really? Yeah, it was good. It was that's good. Cute. I'm thinking you were playing in there on that tumble track too. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It's fun. It was fun. Abby, you decided to take over from there. Todrick, you probably had a whole vision. Did you expect Abby to be as involved that day? Or no, but I do remember a time that I rented your studio space and we were in rehearsals and you came into the room and you're like, guys, I need you to come in here and move these mats. Come on, let's go. And my dancers were like, we're going. She's like, what are you waiting for? I need these mats moved. And like, so all my dancers, while we're renting the space, by the way, have to go move these mats. There was another time I was having a concert and I didn't even know that Abby was going to be available to come. I had invited you to my concert and mm-hmm. about eight minutes to show, she said, I need 15 seats. You're going to have to hold curtains. <laughs> 
Abby's good at choreographing life. That's what the text message said. Not just so dance because routines. of those two experiences, I need 15 seats. You're gonna have to hold curtain. <laughs> I guess she's coming. Did and I we, say that? Absolutely, and we did. You we did. We held curtain and go. we got you your seats. But I was like, oh, I do remember that. That wasn't like one of your big, huge no. thousand seat concerts. That was down at El Porto El or so. yes. Theater in North yes. Hollywood. Yes. But it was like the show was about to start. Like, I, I don't even know how I saw that text message. And then I was like, oh, my gosh, Abby's coming with the girls. I guess we, we, we need the seats. Um, I don't know how many seats it was. Maybe it was like nine seats. But you were just like, I need this many seats. We're coming. You're going to have to hold curtain. So because of those two experiences... <laughs> I was like, yeah, she's probably going to direct the film. Like, she might become Dorothy by the end of this. She might boot me out of my own commercial. And it was obviously being shot for the show. I guess, you know, figured that was probably going to be assumed that you were going to be involved. Yes, but, of course. Uh, yeah. Jill said that you thought that you were the director. So did you think that, obviously, it was a commercial for your studio. Well, he was so, in it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's hard to direct, produce, and I was producer. I was EP of that. Yeah. So I needed to step in. I had to step in somewhere. Uh-huh. Because, it, you know, he does things his way. Yeah. Todrick, how many videos? I mean, you, you do things your way. And I knew the time constraints. I knew what else I had to get done. That's what people always forget. In the back of my mind, I always know what has to be accomplished in this day or well, this you week. you also knew about the producers and how much of a show they were trying to film during that time, which I was not concerned with. I was mm -hmm. only concerned about the video. But the TV right. show component was like so much more than we had originally bargained for. And the kids were going to have to leave because they couldn't film right, past a certain right. hour. So shut up, sit down, move your ass off the thing because you're <laughs> in the shot and let's go. Because you only had two hours. That's to, wild. To shoot a video, multiple scenes, multiple rooms. Car, it rooms was changing rooms, outside, all the rooms and lighting, lighting in each room. And then they would come in and light and we'd be like, well, your lights are drowning out our lights. <laughs> like it, it was it was that then you don't see any of that on camera. No. So the folks at home that are watching right now, you don't see any of that that was going on. And that's the stuff that makes me livid because I want it done and I want it done now. And Todrick's the same way. And and it's your vision and you and you know from experience, well, no, 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 this is not gonna work like this. We have to do A, B, and C before we get to D. And I'm like, D, now do it. <laughs> You know, and uh, they just try to wreck everything, too. They didn't want it to be good. They oh. wanted it to fail and to flop. And see, I know that in, in my heart, and you don't know that. Yeah. That's I the other I thing. I didn't feel like that, but I felt like they were really good at making sure that there were steaks always. <laughs> they might as well have been Texas Steakhouse. That's right. <laughs> That's they, right. They That's wanted right. there to be steaks, and by golly, there were. And right. You gave Texas it to them. Roadhouse. Did you hear that? There we go. Since then, though, I mean, your videos, nothing has ever taken two hours. You, no, no, no. Like, it so was that like probably the only time that you've probably had to so do something like that? Also, in that two hours, you don't realize that they're getting into hair and makeup and they also don't know the choreography. They, I mean, we just made the song, you know? I think it was another time where we filmed the song to different voices, maybe. Maybe they had already come in to record it. I don't remember how we got them into the studio to record it. I don't remember any of that. I I remember standing in front of that ballet bar with Bryn doing It's a Kick because I remember screaming at her like, flex your foot, flex your foot, hyperextend your knee, kick. So And that's in the shot yeah. that, that she does. And it's like trained in ballet and she plies or something. Yeah. Like I remember doing that. I remember the round off twist because I, I thought the camera should be 
at the end as she twists in the air that you see it. And it was at the other end, like things like that. I remember being there, being hands-on and going, no, 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 it's going to be this way. And it has to just be fast. Yeah. And there's things that the audience will never see. They'll never know. Isn't it so wild that years and years later, out of all those episodes, that specific clip has gone viral on TikTok? Right now. Isn't that insane? 2023. <laughs> no, like... So everybody at home, do the math, figure that out. When was that? When did we shoot that? 2016? That was 2016. So 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. That's a long time. Yeah. And it's gone viral. There's a lot of uh, my quotes on TikTok. Yeah. If only you could trademark your voice. I know. Why aren't those lines mine? I don't know. They ursula you. They stole your voice. I. That's right. Oh. I forgot about that. They ursula me. <laughs> we might need to do that for a Halloween costume. Mm -hmm. Maybe ursula. Mm -hmm. And the crazy part is that something you're going to say today is probably going to be viral at some point. That's really? crazy. Yeah, you you're, you're a viral machine, honey. Well, I mean, just I'm sure you've seen there's a video of you like interrupting somebody's birthday at like a, a restaurant like you literally like somebody's singing and they have like this ice cream thing. And then you wheel up. You're like, what is that? What is that? Well, I, that's a cheesecake yeah. factory because I don't want cheesecake at Cheesecake Factory. You I want wanted, the fun thing. I just wanted yeah. a bite of some hot fudge. And she had this little tiny baby Sunday. So I wanted to know what that was. And it was her birthday. And then that Whatever. gets 30 million think, views. 30 million views. You didn't think you should wait until after they finished singing happy birthday to ask the question? No. <laughs> I needed to know right then because they were taking my order for dessert. See, she's making iconic moments without even See, like yeah, I didn't, the gifts that keeps on giving. My whole life should be filmed. Take this where you take your um, what do you call this motor seat? My wheelchair. Your wheelchair. Yeah, power chair. Okay, what the scene where you like zoom back and say you're going to Baskin Robbins? That's right. <laughs> do you not think by now I would have a deal with Baskin Robbins? By now, we went there the other night. Yeah. Wait, what happened Nothing. in that scene? I don't even get a free scoop. So that was when a there was a, owner... It was a dance competition, yeah. finals, nationals, in New York City, doing prom. Like, I would do a musical theater number for nationals. No way. So we're there. We're doing this thing because the president of the network's husband is the producer of the prom. So prom. It's not the prom. And a dance teacher came out of the row behind me and dug her hand into my shoulder and screamed at me for being on my phone, my cell phone. But the dance hadn't started yet. In the clip, it looks like there's dancers on stage dancing, but it really hadn't started yet. And so I was on my phone and she screamed at me for being on my phone in an audience. And I went, turn around. I'm like, I don't need this shit. I'm going to Baskin Robbins. Because <laughs> I had seen the Baskin Robbins report. on the way there. I God. knew there was one across the street. Did you actually go to Baskin Robbins? Yes. Well, first I went to the police station and I filed a police report against the woman. <laughs> that would have been the third one. Yeah, no, but I can confirm she did go to Baskin Robbins. I was with her that day. Yes. Wow. Yeah. And the executive producer from the network was also there trying to pay for everyone's Baskin Robbins in the restaurant to get me to go back. But I didn't. And let me tell you something else about that episode. In the episode, Lily does a solo. Half of her body is pretty and beautiful makeup, and the other half is like her brains and her muscles and its blood and like the inside of her, mm -hmm. you know, like a yeah. science, like in a medical laboratory, yeah. that kind of thing, or a class. And they show her not winning the overall high score, right? Mm -hmm. She loses. She's second, the first to lose. Five minutes later, she wins the title. The whole entire thing. 
wow. the title with the crown and the banner and the whole thing. But they don't film that. No. Because, wow. I mean, they realized they were like, oh, we could go home. We just got an iconic moment. They probably didn't even realize that the going to Baskin Robbins line would probably be your most Would surpass iconic. anything they ever did on the show. Anything. Right. Anything. And they still talk about it all the time. But anyway, back to this episode. See, because they don't write stuff like that in Hollywood. <laughs> no, no. And they don't, you know, not everybody okay. has Abby Lee Miller. Okay. So, so then the group was going into competition with an unfinished dance because that commercial was expected to be a group dance that yeah. week. 30 seconds when you only have like a minute. But uh, so you said you had never been to a dance competition before that? I don't know that I had ever, that I'd not ever been. If I said that, I don't know that that was true. I, I feel like say, I'd been to dance competitions yeah. when I was much younger. Yes. But I wasn't a competition kid mm. at all. So, and I had never been to a competition like Why don't we give your dance teacher a shout out? Okay. Your dance studio where you trained. Well, I trained at two different places. So a lady named Tania, Tip Tap Toes, that was Tip my Tap Toe, that was the name of your studio? Yes, in Plainview, Texas, and Yvonne uh, at Ballet Lubbock. Ballet Lubbock, yeah. okay. So shout yeah. out to both of you. Yes. Good job. Thank you. Good job. You, mm -hmm. you raised a star. Yay. I love them both so much. See, that's, that's the way it should be. So anyway, you were not at the competition, Abby. You, you did not show up until right before the dance. I but, was there, for God's sakes. Well, I don't know. They were producing. You act like I wasn't there. Where else would I be? I was there. I, I was there somewhere. They just wanted to make it seem like I didn't want to show up. I was probably in hair and makeup or something. Yeah. Who knows? But Tajik, you came in. You gave them a little pep talk, which was really cute. Did you? Were you excited to see what the choreography you worked on on a stage, or were you like, let's see how this goes? I was just so nervous for them. I was just like, this is so much pressure because I was there in the rehearsal and I was like, I don't know. I know that it was illegal for them to have rehearsed more because they had to leave because they of the, made, the wait, loss. Yeah, so I'm like, what are they going to perform? And they were like chilling, sort of. I mean, they were stressed, but they were like, yeah. We do this all the time. Like, I can't hang and I'm an adult, okay? Like, yeah. I can't hang. Like, it was too much for me. And I was like, these poor kids are about to go out here and embarrass themselves. But they didn't. I, I watched the number and I was like, I don't know when they even put that together. We just wave a magic wand. I literally don't know. What did y'all did just rehearse that morning when they got there? Because I mean, you, you would choreograph, you and Gianna would have to choreograph the hotels sometimes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, there yeah. wasn't enough time. Yeah. It was just never enough time. But you teach the choreography. You and Gianna come up with the choreography, and then she teaches it to them when they're allowed to be back on. Or did the kids come to the hotel? Well, there's there's this strange thing that I do. She does it too. We all do it. That you just choreograph without the music and make it work. It's you know when you're doing musical theater, Fosse, Candor, and Ebb stuff, you can't make it work like that. But when you're just when it's just five, six, seven, eight, it just goes with anything. So we just do right. It. But do you teach it to them? Yes. At that time, or because they can't we, be there because they're off. We work. teach it off camera. Oh, so the, so the kids still came. <laughs> okay, work. So like, they oh, worked, well, but then after they the work working. day, after the work day. See, this is what would happen in Pittsburgh all the time, and this is why people didn't understand certain things that would go down with the kids and I. Is on Monday night we we were dark Monday that we were off. That was our day off. But the dance studio still had class from 4.15 till 9.45 at night. So whenever their classes were, they should have been in their classes. But what we would do is we would teach combos that were going to be in that competition number to the entire class of 30, 20, 15 kids. Okay. As the last 10 minutes of class, they would 
do a quick combo to learn to pick up fast. You know, some studios work on a, on a routine for competition all year long. Yeah. I never did that. I would do all the choreography on Saturdays and Sundays for my studio kids. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, we did class. But the last five, 10 minutes, you throw something at them to see like an audition to pick it up fast. So we would throw stuff at them. So when all the kids, all the kids mm -mm, should have been in class on Monday and in class on Tuesday. And that's when we would do this choreography, that, that choreography stuff that we would use in the dance. Got it. And okay. then we just have to space it. And we have to give this one their little special part and this one their little special part. Like, okay, they already knew what the steps were. Yes. Okay. Do you then, think you could have did that? I would have had to. I mean, I think it's what you did. I mean, they, they were capable of doing it because they had to. It's amazing what the human brain can but do if, if you make it do that, if you teach it and develop that muscle yeah. week after week right. after week. But then once we moved to L.A. and someone had a stylist and someone had a publicist and someone was going to a movie premiere and somebody was doing this and that, that's when it got ugly for me because in Pittsburgh, there was nothing else to do. So at 4.15, your kid was in dance class, come hell or high water, no matter what, because that was the schedule. Mm -hmm. And your son was at ball this or on the field or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Like you yeah. just did what you had to do and there weren't all these other uh, I love that you're such an artsy like drag queen in real life that you can't even think of a sport name. Your your son was at ball field. <laughs> <laughs> he was at football or the soccer field yeah, or hockey practice at the rink, whatever. Snakes. But no, your girl could have been there too. Your other yeah. girls, but you were there and you and and like we had the kids. The kids were ours, and there were no parents watching. There was nobody yeah. there. So, but once we got to LA, everybody had shiny stars being dangled in front of them to go here and do this and go there and do that. So then they weren't in class. So then they'd come in Wednesday after pyramid and we're like, okay, the combo that we did Monday night in contemporary, let's go. Who was and consistently kids always know it. there? If you had to say this person was always there, most consistently. Maddie was always there. Who? Maddie was always there. She was always in class. Yeah. Cause home life was not good. So she wanted to be there. That was her home. That's where she was, you know, with Cheers, where everybody knows your name? Yeah. That was it for her. Nia was in class. She was in class, yes. And uh, Kendall, yeah. When we got to LA is when it just got bad. And then the traffic here, you know what I mean? So a kid would plan on coming. They'd have to go for a fitting or stylist or whatever, and then they'd plan on coming, and they're sitting in traffic for an hour, and they're missing half the classes. So, yeah. That was bad. It was bad to move here. Not too long ago, I was in the hospital fighting for my life, fighting a very rare form of cancer, Burkitt lymphoma, choking my spinal cord, knocking at death's door, and having to go through 10 very invasive rounds of chemotherapy. I never thought I'd be able to stand on my own two feet again, let alone teach dance. It wasn't until Dancers Against Cancer visited me during my recovery to help in my time of need that I realized their incredible mission. They have created an alliance in the dance community that provides financial support and inspiration to dance educators, choreographers, studio owners, dancers, and their families who have been impacted by cancer. The I'm a Dancer Against Cancer campaign was founded in 2012 in response 
to the loss of a young dancer from cancer. Since then, it has become a beacon of hope in the dance community, uniting dancers all over the nation. Join the fight against cancer and help make a difference with the dance community. For more information on how to get involved and make a one-time or even monthly donation, please visit imadanceragainstcancer.org backslash donate. Again, please get involved and make a difference within the dance community. Visit imadanceragainstcancer.org backslash donate. But Todrick, in the episode, in amidst of all this chaos, you had said that although it's crazy, it's still something valuable that they all got to experience in that moment because they were they were learning something that they were going to be able to apply later on. Yeah, you you finally agree with me and <laughs> I'm not so crazy. And you're like, but you know what? All this craziness is teaching you something that you're going to be so much more ahead of the crowd later yeah. in life because you can do this and have someone screaming at you the whole time you're doing it is significant in itself. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that you come from a very different, like the old school way of, of learning things was just so wild. You watch these things and you watch how these huge stars were made and how these huge Broadway stars were made. And I've had Broadway directors like make me want to cry. Just good. Be because <laughs> but, I, but, but, but it made me stronger and I appreciated it. But we are now in this different, mm, a different, yeah. a very different time. And I do think. Let's hope a, it goes back, people. Let's hope it goes back. <laughs> I think that a happy medium is good. I do think that there are a lot of people who expect a gold star just for participation. Everybody expects for everybody to be nice with them. I said something the other day on the phone uh, to someone like people want an extraordinary life, but they want to get it ordinarily. And I think I'm like, then you you to have an extraordinary life, you usually have to go through extraordinary hoops. You have to like put in extraordinary work. And I do think that it is very strange. I am interested to know if you were a football coach working with only boys, would society, if you said the same things, be as upset as they did that you said it to young girls? That's just an interesting conversation. I don't know what the answer to that would be. No. But I do think that there is like a, a, a standard that people are like young women are expected to be spoken to this way and men are supposed to be tough so they can handle this type of thing. But I think being in ballet and doing shows eight times a week on Broadway is really tough. It is That's insane right. Those on football players play one yeah. a week. One game a week. One yeah. game a week. And they have all those pads on in case they get hurt and fall down. Like, come on. <laughs> Todrick, it's interesting that you bring up Abby being a female and working with just females because it's like you see figures like Gordon Ramsay, who we all love. Who who's known for you know Hell's Kitchen screaming at these people because the steak isn't cooked, well. you know, and like, you know it's great TV and it's, it's great TV and people love him and he has a spinoff, a spinoff, a spinoff, a spinoff, and he follows you. He loves you. I know. So I mean, you know, it's Shout just out. it's an interesting you know situation. But the the group at the end of all, I that just won. and I always say, oh, they yeah, they won, they won, they won, they won. They won. Oh my gosh. yes, 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 they won. Yeah. But I also think. I always wanted my kids to go to that Broadway audition and be the best one in the room, be the one that eyes were on, be in the moment, be, I didn't want you to get yelled at, right? 
I wanted to do it here in Pittsburgh in the safety of these walls where your parents knew where you were. They knew who you were with. They knew the families of the children you were with. And it was here. I am going to make you so strong and so resilient and so good that when you get to that next place, no one's going to yell at you like that. They're going to yell at the person next to you, but not you. Well, you also have just experienced so much pressure that the um, the amount of pressure and nerve nerves that a, somebody who hasn't gone through that pressure cooker every single week, week after week, can't live up to. The reality is this industry is really, really hard. It will eat you up, chew you up, and spit you out really quickly. And so, I don't know. I I do think there is a gray area always. Everything in life is nuanced. It's always in my sarcasm, in my snarky voice, in that, 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 I don't want to say evilness, in that correction I'm giving or what I'm telling them for the 30th time, which you see on TV, you didn't see the first 10 times that were nice and sweet. Remember that, Yeah. you know, uh, I, there's always like a little bit of humor in it that people don't get so that after I say something, you never see me laughing hysterically about it. Or you never see me like look at Gianna and we're like both laughing that I can't believe I just said that to her. But I always think that it's kind of funny, but people don't get the funny part. But yeah, my dad told me every day that I was dumb enough to be a twin. Like I was dumb enough for two people. <laughs> I'd ask you to go down to the cellar and pick up a, a hammer and you'd come back with a handful of nails, you idiot. Like every day. Every day, he was one of six kids. He grew up during the Depression. He was in World War II in the Navy at, at Pearl Harbor. He told me I was stupid every single day of my life. And, and I would laugh. I'm like, Dad, Dad, there's something wrong with the car. What would you do to it? Dad, I laid down on one of those wheelie things. I got underneath it with a hammer, and I banged everything to break it. <laughs> what do you think I did? I didn't do anything, Dad. <laughs> There's something wrong with the car, you know? And so, like, things like that. Like, that's just how I grew up. And I yeah. don't think that you think back like you you try to think forward and you know maybe if you because you know you haven't seen all of it that's what you know another good part of this podcast because we're getting to rewatch oh a lot god i know it's the it. worst part of it yes but you also you know what you i want to create new things i have yeah. new ideas and but what you say now isn't necessarily always what you've said in the past and obviously you evolve in the times and you know oh i've evolved yeah. but i never swore at the kids I, I shouldn't say never because there's maybe a couple of little times, but I've never used bad, bad words in front of children ever. No. And I have friends in Miami and stuff that they use the F word. They scream at those kids right and left like that. And I'm like, I'm appalled. I'm gasping on the sidelines when they're teaching. Yeah. And they just laugh. They think it's hysterical. So yeah, I don't know. Wild. I think, it, I think the kids need to be resilient. Get thick skin. Let it roll off your back. Take what I say with a grain of salt. Take the correction, apply the correction, move on. If I said anything extra with the correction, don't listen to that part. But you can't just ignore all of it because there's a reason I'm yelling at you. So figure it out. And if you do it right the first time, you don't have to keep doing it. Yeah. How many times can you stay straight in your legs and point your feet? I mean, come on. Fix it. Look in the mirror. I always have the mothers come in for the privates or the dads. Come in, sit in this chair next to the stereo so you can hit record, rewind, like hit stop, rewind, stop, rewind while I'm working on these 16 counts. So I don't have to keep walking back and forth. Now it's all like, yeah. you know, but a mom said, excuse me, Abby. I said, what? She said, I'm leaving. I said, oh, you have to go? She said, no, I'm leaving and she can walk home. 
I don't even know where they live. I said, what's wrong? She said, if I hear you tell her one more time the same thing, I'm going to kill her. I have to leave. <laughs> I was like, okay, you get it. They got it. And then those mothers were never the ones that were good TV. Yeah. Apparently. Because they agreed yeah. with me. But yeah. the dance. Even the ones that were on TV. Let's not. Yeah. Let's not let it go. They agreed with me. They believed in me. Every They were there since they were could walk. You just said it. Yeah. Why would they come back from three years old to four year olds? Why, why did they come back to the four-year-old class? Why did they come to the five-year-old class? Why did they audition to be in the Abbey Lee Dance Company when they were six? Because they wanted it. And they wanted to be good. And that's why we were there. In hindsight, oh, if I had the opportunity to do the whole thing over again, there would be so many things that were different. Me included. Yes. Let's move on and talk about you. Okay. Let's what do, do you have coming up? The Velvet Rage Tour? Yes. Woo! Woo! Is that like a velvet rope? No, What's Velvet, the Velvet Rage. Velvet Rage was is a book that was written, and it talks about growing up gay in uh, a straight person's in your world. Book. No, no, no. It, uh, it, it's not my book. It's a book that that has been that has been around for eons, and people tell young gay kids or young queer kids to read it because it really gives you a, a a perspective that makes you feel like you're not alone and you're not insane. That talks about things that you might have understood, but you don't really understand you don't understand why you feel that way or why you're experiencing life this way or people don't understand you. Um, and it, it just really spoke to me. It reminded me of the Velvet Rope Tour, like the name, but I was like, this is just such a powerful book. And people had told me to read it my whole life. I picked it up and opened it. And I was looking at my boyfriend next to me and saying, you gotta, like, this is insane. You gotta read this and look what this says and taking pictures of certain things in it. And so I reached out to the author and he was so nice and gave me his blessing to use it as the title of my tour. So I'm going on the tour at the Velvet Rage Tour. Nice. Yeah. So is there a, a thematic arc uh, story from beginning to end with these numbers in the tour? There's not really an arc. It's kind of celebrating Pride, even though it's not during Pride season. So right now, the idea is we're still developing the show, but it goes through all of these different colors and every single um, scene or every era of, of the show has represents different parts of my discography but it also is assigned a color and then hopefully by the end um i realized i've never sang somewhere over the rainbow live at one of my shows and it's my my favorite thing in the entire world so funny enough that we're talking about a hard about this. song to sing it is a hard song to sing but i want to sing my version of it and i i was thinking about what i want to wear because I subscribe to like society's norms and I'm like, well, what would a male version of Dorothy's costume be? But the other day I was like, I think I just want to wear a Dorothy dress. Like I remember Jewel being in a concert version of the Wizard of Oz and having this big oversized like camp version of Dorothy's costume that had like a big petticoat underneath it. And I might just in full male garb, like come out and sing with a Dorothy dress on and Ruby slippers, that song, because okay. that's been my fantasy since I was a little kid. So I think this is the time to do it this in, is the time. in this, in, in this tour. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And how many cities? I think it's 32 cities. Wow. Now, I've seen a tour bus. Yes. I can't get on it with my chair. <laughs> but do you travel in the bus? I do. 
and with I the love dancers. The bus. Uh, I don't usually travel with the dancers. It's a crazy time right now, and I just like to separate myself from the dancers, especially the male dancers, just because it's 2023. Um, so I typically am on a, a separate bus with just like my dance captain and my assistant. And, and you can't you can't fly city to city because God forbid you get stuck at the airport. And, and I wouldn't want to. I hate going to the airport. The airport okay. is a nightmare, especially LAX. Yeah. So I love that on the bus you you leave at the middle of the, like at midnight yep. and then you wake up and you're in the next city. Yep. It's like magic. You oh, I know. We left Pittsburgh and we used to be in New York City yeah. in the morning. Yes. Yeah. So I just it love works. That. And, it does, and you do that every single night because you have to rest your voice and like going to the airport. Also, when you are a recognizable public figure, you know how crazy it is to go to the airport. People are stopping you for photos and stuff the whole time, which I love to do and I don't have a problem doing. But when you're doing 32 shows in a row like that, it's just. I, I know a lot of people who still do tours by plane, and I have no idea why they would ever want to do that. No, unless you're going from Buffalo, New York to yeah. Texas, like overnight. I mean, you yeah. have to fly, but I, I agree with you. Yes. If you have everything you need on that bus, why get off of it? Yeah. Yes. Now, there's something else that we both do. What? Cameos. Oh, yes. Woo. When I see you at the top of that leaderboard <laughs> with like, I didn't even know there was a leaderboard until like two days ago. And then I see you there and I'm like, uh, how did he do 32 cameos? So I would like you right now in the microphone oh my to do one of your cameos. For Well, what is it for? It's for you, but. For... It would be for me for congratulations on your new podcast. Leave it on the dance floor. Okay. Hi, Abby. It's Todrick Hall. And my good friend Michael just told me that you started a podcast called Leave It on the Dance Floor. Now, I have to say, I'm a huge fan of Dance Moms. I love the kids. I love your garb. I love when you wear those black shirts with all the rhinestones and they're bedazzled. I'm hoping that you're going to be wearing one of those. So I am congratulating you on this new era. It's going to be incredible. I hope everybody is watching it. Sending you love. Thank you for watching my videos and supporting it and listening to my music. Put your nails, hair, hips, and heels on, and everybody go subscribe to uh, Abby Lee Miller's Leave It on the Dance Floor podcast. Thank you. Look at that you, and good. that's why he's at the top of the leaderboard. What is your favorite song to perform live? Because there's so many. My favorite song to perform live? Okay, that's a really hard question because there are crowd pleasers that people love. It's so strange how, like, the thing that you... I mean, I love Nails, Hair, Hips, Heels, and I'm so grateful that I wrote that song and that it became, like, the phenomenon that it became because it changed my life in a lot of ways. But it's the most simple choreography I've ever done, the simple, most simple beat. Like, I sing and do hard choreography, and, like, that song is the easiest part to do. Uh -huh. And everybody pulls up their phones and, like, records that part. And and so when we rehearse the show, everybody's like, we have to learn Nails or Hips Heels. And that's the number you have to bring it on every time because that's the one everyone films. But I think that my favorite song would probably be Glitter. Even though I didn't perform it in the last tour, I'm going to perform it in this Glitter. tour. For some okay. reason, it's a song that like my fans know. It's I love that song. For some reason, I would listen to that song if I wasn't the one who sang it. It just makes me feel so good. There's something so magical about it. And um, so I'm, I'm making sure that on this tour, I sing all the songs that I want to sing because I typically do what I think the audience would want but I think that the fans that are coming to this concert are like sing whatever you want we're coming to support you right and, right uh, right right yeah. and you have enough uh under your belt like you have enough catalog of work yeah that you can now do all those favorites that everyone loves yeah you know I what I mean really when you only covers. have one favorite you can't just 
doing all the favorites. You know, <laughs> there's only one favorite. But now that you have all these songs that people know and recognize, they want to hear them. Yeah, it, it's really insane. And now I, I have like several hits that I think people come to the show. And if you are a kid that's in the dance world and you know, you know, they don't make them beats like they used to. They don't make them beats. Ha! Like the cat. The, the, oh. I love that song. Or do I have your attention? Bro, that, and, that song and, is... And do, do you recommend... Is this okay for kids, this tour? I'm trying to make it be a little bit more family appropriate. By the way, last tour was probably my most inappropriate tour ever. And there were kids every single day. Like there were tons of kids that come to my shows. And I think that a lot of the parents say like, yeah, there are some choice words, but they hear those words at home. And to be honest, the message of inclusion and diversity and acceptance overpowers like the couple of words they might okay. hear. Yeah. And right. respectfully, if you don't want to come, then don't bring your kids. Yeah, that's, that's well, no, but that. I was saying for me to advertise it to my oh, students yeah, and no. to my viewers, oh, no. which a lot are yeah. kids and tweens and teens that we have since the show has been sold to Hulu. And since Disney Plus, thank you, bought Hulu. I don't know why I'm thanking you. I don't get a penny out of it. But uh, <laughs> they they uh, um, I have a whole new audience and I do cameos for five year olds. Oh, wow. So my demographic currently right now is 5 to 85. Wow. Not too many people have that demographic. That's really impressive. It is. I'm not surprised, though. It's crazy. It's so little kids, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, I'm doing cameo happy birthday, graduation from fourth grade, fifth grade, whatever. Yes, it's crazy. Well, I also have to just, I can't let this moment go by without telling people what kind of person you are because you've come to all my concerts. Like you come every single time. I'm like, there's no way she's going to come. You find a way you get in, you get wheelchair accessibility. You're like, don't worry about me. And then my dancers will be like, Abby Lee, Abby Lee came up to me and told me to point my toes at this point in the show. Like you're giving the dancers notes. Well, they, should, the show. they should know I'm coming. I was just in New York. I've been kind of, I don't know, thinking about maybe Spending more time in New York. You should. And I, 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 you know, there was an opportunity to play Big Mama in Chicago and the network, my contract, snipped that in the, snipped that in the bud. Wow. Snipped that piece of paper, that opportunity away. And I never got to do it. But uh, my mother's former student, Albert Stevenson, is married to John Kander and they have a new show, New York, New York. Love it. We saw it. Oh, Susan Stroman. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I go, they know I'm coming so Albert and John are there and uh, Susan Strom was not there, but I get this tap on my shoulder and this guy says, Stro said hi. She wanted to tell me she was so glad you were here. She wasn't here, but hello. I'm like, I don't know Susan Strom. She knows you. But well, yeah, but that was an honor, an honor. And that's a big Broadway show. Yeah. That's a real show. Yes. Yes. I come out and well, as soon as the show starts, oh my God, it's Clyde Alves. He's the lead. I'm like, Clyde is from Canada, from Toronto, from Joanne Chapman's dance studio. I'm outside. He's like, oh my God, Abby. I'm like, I couldn't believe that curtain opened and it was you. And he's a big star and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, we knew you were here. I said, you did? He goes, oh, all the rumbling downstairs was that Abby Lee Miller's in the house. So the dancers were like on tonight. I and I was that. like, that's to me. That, that's a huge honor. That's a huge honor. And that makes me feel so like just amazing that that a dancer would know me and that I'm there and these are big time professionals with lots of credits yeah so and I love the show 
Knock on wood. Let's make yeah. it happen. But yeah. Me too. Well, Your the tour is going to be in LA, obviously. My tour yes, is going to be, be in here. LA. We're in New York. We're in Vancouver. We're in Toronto. We're all over the Midwest and Texas and Florida, everywhere. So the tickets are available at todrickhall.com. And um, if I'm not coming to your city, I'm actually going on a drag queen Christmas tour right after that. That I just announced this oh, morning. Great. Drag You're going queen. On the drag queen Christmas. Drag queen Christmas. Oh, Wait, I don't even know if I can say that. Drag <laughs> queen Christmas tour. Oh, that's yes. great. That's, you're going to be so good. Yeah, and it's, uh, the tickets are available at dragfans.com. I'm not doing all the shows, but I'm going on with a lot of uh, the queens from RuPaul's Drag Race. Are you going in drag or are you going as Todrick? I do go as Todrick. It's a okay. special guest. I, I, I'm not actually, like, I do drag, but I can't do my own hair and makeup and stuff. And so um, when I go on that tour, I just have to just, like, be on a bunk with all the other queens. But I went last year. I was terrified. I was like, I'm going to get booed off the stage. Why you get Just because, the, 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 you know, the internet is such a strange thing. Do a back talk. Be... They can't do that. None of those people. <laughs> do a back talk. Some, Shut them up. Yeah. yeah. Some can, but I, you know, I know that Trinity usually will MC, but you'd be a really good like MC of one of those. No, I think I well. would. I would freeze. You don't but... think? Uh-huh. No, it's just not my my thing. I'm not like funny when I need to be like that. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like, if you give me a script or if I'm just like in my natural habitat, I can be funny, but I don't want to have to be funny when I get to work. So anyway, I was terrified to go last year. I just I've I've never I've only gone on tour as myself. Right. And I've never had to share like a bus with people. And like, you know, it was just it was unusual and foreign for me, but I went and they like really embraced me, which was really Yay. lovely because I I am very proud of being a part of the LGBTQ plus community. And sometimes we can be kind of like combative and like evil towards each well, other. Well, you're also in the same business and you're vying for the same fans and the same ticket price, you know? Yeah. And it's I don't see it like that. I just, I take a whole moment out of my show every year to like shout out other queer artists because I just think that we have it so hard there's there's not a lot of queer artists i think queer artists are so insanely gifted and talented for years and eons we've been the ones like behind the madonnas and the shares absolutely janet and now that the world is different and we can step into the spotlight i just think that we should all be uplifting each other but sometimes that doesn't happen and that's fine but i just get a little nervous sometimes but my point is it was an incredible experience i had so much fun and i'm really really excited to be on tour with the christmas queens again so this is November, December. This is November, December. So yes, I'm on tour September, October with the Velvet Rage tour, and if and then I'm going back on tour immediately sep- uh, in November and December with the Christmas Queens. Tour. All right. So you heard that here at Leave It on the Dance Floor, Todrick Hall coming to a city near you, whether it's the Velvet Rage tour or the Drag Queen Christmas tour. Good job. You, you can said see it. him. Yes. <laughs> yes. Enunciation. Elocution. Todrick, everybody can follow you. What is your where can they find you? Where do they find you? They find me. I at, have his address and his phone number, so yeah. call me and I'll give it to you. <laughs> um, at Todrick on Instagram. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Snapchat, on Facebook. And his and house has a lot of steps up the front. Yes, it does. So, but he'll but get a ramp. Abby did call me one day and said, I'm coming to your house, have a ramp. And we had two hours to find one and we did and it. And he did. I know. How, how you crazy think, was that? You think. That was big. That, that was a that huge ramp. That was a happen. big deal. You made it happen. I did. And he has an elevator in his house, too, so I can always stay there. <laughs> um, do you have a, do you have a, uh, a chef? I don't. Yeah. I used to have a chef. I need a chef now because right That's now my boyfriend thing. is being my chef. He's cooking food for us, well, and he's so he sweet. Do that. I know, but th- I'm, I'm so crazy that like when he's cooking, then I get mad at him that he's cleaning up the kitchen afterwards because I want him to come eat with me before uh, the food gets uh, cold. Uh, uh, uh. I'm crazy. I'm like, we can well, turn the TV on. Yeah. That's what only children do. 
yeah. when they're eating alone. Just turn yeah. the TV on. It'll be your best friend. You, you can clean the kitchen. And what does he do for a living? He's a dancer as well. Oh, he's coming Todrick. on. He's coming on tour with me. You Todrick, can't. Don't do on. this. Well, not especially not while he's in the room. Um, no, he's he is. Todrick, on. we talked about it before. We're looking for bankers. We're looking for accountants. We're looking for attorneys. We, we both it's said that. Late. It's not too late, Todrick. <laughs> it's not too late. Oh, you, no, you I don't want a banker or an accountant. Yeah. Oh, I, I do. That's so if anyone's out there listening, <laughs> what, what did you say? This is just far too serious. Okay, I don't wanna... if anyone's out there listening, stop traffic, build props, be able to drive a truck, stick, tuxedo, loves the theater. That's what I'm looking for. I mean, I'm, and have a little fun, and you can be a dancer. Fun, yes. No, I can't date a dancer. We're all I gonna have fun. Yes. yes, I love you so much. This was so fun. Well, thank you, thank you for being here. We have to end on a. Uh, okay, so. Yes. Any advice that the two of you and a little send off hack life hack life we, advice? We need it. Well, can... well, I was gonna ask you who your, what your favorite movie is. The Wizard of Oz. Duh, that was easy. <laughs> What's your favorite movie? The Way We Were. Oh, wow. Robert Redford and Barbara Streisand. And there was never a sequel. Because there shouldn't be reboots. Let's just leave it at that. Your favorite trick. Acrobatic gymnastic trick. That I Have do or that anyone else does? The kids are doing? Oh, yeah. It's insane. It's insane. It's insane. Like, side aerial twisting to front handspring to your shoulder. Like it's insane the stuff they're doing. And I just yeah. hope kids aren't getting hurt because they're all working on those air mattresses, like those air pads, the, the acro pads, yeah. which is great for training, but then you have to move it to the floor yeah. and they're just going crazy. But you have, have you seen anything? It, you have to leave it on the dance floor. You, you're really, you're leaving part of your kneecap on the dance floor is what you're doing. Um, yes. Yeah, I, I would say if I had to pick a quick answer, it would be, the, you know, in the cheerleading world, they do those yes. full twisting layouts, but some of them fall into a split afterwards. And I, it feels like cootie it's just, smash. yeah, a cootie smash, a cootie smash after a full twisting layout. That's big. It's like, to me, that's the most fabulous thing you could ever do in the world. You don't need to do anything else. All if right. you can do that. So round then. off, you, you taking the back handspring out or leaving it you in? You can do round off a couple of back handsprings. Round, if you really want to, you know, make me like squeal, round off back handspring, whip back handspring, full twisting layout into a split. That, that's going to hurt. It's, yeah, if but, you do it well, it won't. But if yeah. you're trying that at home, might hurt the first time. Make sure you're really warmed up. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> All right. And give me a memory. One memory. A memory of what? Of, you got to be more us. specific. Oh, my gosh. Of us. Just a moment in time. Would it be that that mat thing when I made your, your dancers move the mats? I don't know if it's that or are you asking me to save you those seats and there's got to be... I don't know. I, I would... think I came backstage and there was somebody important backstage. And I kind of like pushed them aside and was like, uh, and I didn't know who it was. I don't, I honestly feel like maybe the memory would be you doing the video for me. I really, really loved that. And when I was the fairy godmother, when you were the fairy godmother, yeah, I thought you were such a great actress and it was just so fun. And because you, you know, getting a drag queen from RuPaul's Drag Race to do something is a great get no shade. But to get RuPaul in something is even cooler. Yes. And because I had gotten all the kids and all the moms, essentially, um, it was really cool to have yeah, you in it as well, well. Thank you. I've been told by 
several students that I am their fairy godmother. And so that touched me so, so much to be in that. And I just watched it last night and it's incredible. What you did with those kids in those costumes in that school, in that library was genius. Thank you. You are the most creative person I know. Thank you. And, and you are brilliant. I appreciate that. I want you to know that I, no matter when somebody mentions your name, this, that, the other thing, whatever it is, I am like, that kid is brilliant. Thank you. I think our best moment has yet to come. I'm writing a Broadway musical right now. My first show is my dream and has been for a I long time. I know you can't tell us too much information, but a theme? I can't uh, tell you a theme. Ugh. I can just say that it is the, the thing I'm the most proud of, and I'm not even 40% of the way done. I think it's going to change the game. I think it's the thing I've had to focus on the most. I'm like, eats eating, sleeping, and breathing it. So is my boyfriend. And I think that my favorite moment is going to be you coming to the show on opening night and okay. getting to see it. That's a promise. Let's do it. I will be there. Okay. Make sure I have my wheelchair seat. Okay. Or maybe I'll be walking by then. Period. I would love that. Or dancing. Let's do it. All right. It's a date. And maybe there'll be a, a a kid in the playbill. I would love that. That has ALDC. ALDC. Yes. Let's, let's, let's manifest all of that. Yeah, and then people yes. are going to come back to this moment, screenshot and it. Say, and say, they we'll send, said it. It was said here in 2023. They knew it was going to happen. send it to Michael to put it on TikTok. There you go. Yeah, okay. There you go. And it goes viral. Go. Don't forget, see Todrick on tour this fall. Don't miss it. Your life will be changed forever when you see his show live in person. And see you next time here on Leave It on the Dance Floor. Leave it on the dance floor. ALDC Elites, thank you so very much for listening. Be sure to subscribe and give Leave It on the Dance Floor a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to watch each week and see exclusive behind-the-scenes content like my never-seen-before pictures and videos from the competitions, some even taken from the wings, classes at the ALDC studio in Pittsburgh, or even our iconic dance concerts, head over to Patreon or become a member on YouTube Premium, linked in the show notes each week. See you on the flip side.